folks, this just in. The ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. Welcome to the first official episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast with Tess and Corey. Woohoo! I'm so excited! That's right, I'm Corey. And I'm Tess. There we go. And uh, what are we talking about this week? Today we are talking about Batwoman, and you gave me this comic book to read to borrow. And I totally read it, and I was like, dude, dude. This is so rad. And you're like, well, we're going to do it for for our first episode. And here we are. (laughs) So this one really connected with you, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, I loved her. I was surprised. And oh, man, we're going to talk all about it. Yeah, we're going to get all into it. Now, we shouldn't, we probably don't need to do too much of an introduction because uh, our listeners checked out our first episode. If if you guys haven't, uh, go back and listen to that. We don't talk about anything specific uh, other than just ourselves and and Mm -hmm. basically an introduction to our fandom. Mm -hmm. Um, But... You know, just as a quick reminder, the sort of the thesis of our podcast is uh, I've been reading comics pretty much my entire life. I was born in 78, so you can do the math. Uh, (laughs) One of my earliest memories is my dad reading Superman comics to me. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and that's pretty much where I learned how to read is comic books, and I loved them, and I've been reading them my whole life. It is. It's pretty awesome. So I have... Uh, an unfortunate wealth of knowledge, of useless knowledge in my head, but it's, it's not perfect. It's being put to use. It's being put to use I, now. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. But it's not perfect, and I just want to put that out there. Um, I'm by no means do I know everything at all, and please, guys, feel free to, to fill in my blanks and correct me if I'm wrong. But on the flip side of the coin is, Tess, you're kind of new to comics a little I am. bit. I figured it out. Uh, I started reading Elvira in February, and I was hooked from there. And uh, how many months later? What were we in? July is, f- good Lord, I cannot. Five months later, we got this. Um, this is not a math show, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I started reading, um, still reading comics, and here we are. I mean, I must be pretty passionate about it. Want to do a podcast with you? I know. I mean, it, you you obviously liked them. They they clicked with you. Yes. Um, and w- did you have any experience with them before going into this? Obviously, the movies you've seen comic book movies and stuff, but right. yeah, never read was, a comic or anything. No, I never did. It was I think to me and my point of view, it wasn't really like directed towards women. Like nobody was like, "Hey, Tess, pick up a comic book. You'd like it." It was like for my cousins or boys around me you know those are for the boys yes of course but they're so cool yeah. and there's a lot of extremely strong women mm-hmm. um powerful women and i don't just mean physically you know mm-hmm. um <clears throat> it's just for a long time comics were geared towards boys and written by men drawn by men mm-hmm. you know half naked women everywhere you yeah. know and over time they've they've really toned down the exploitation factor of it mm-hmm. uh you know women's comic book costumes are now much more functional much more realistic their proportions are more realistic they right. don't have to be overly voluptuous in order for them to be interesting their abs aren't exposed during war <laughs> yeah or or their their underboob that was yeah. for so long the underboob was the the big thing and it's oh, like man. that just doesn't seem practical at yeah. all <laughs> that's not for war that's, that's not for at all little kids exactly eyes. yeah <laughs> so little boys eyes so we hope to bring two different points of view mm-hmm. to the conversation mm-hmm. um 
and we'll see where it goes, basically. Yeah. And I th- I'm imagining the podcast will evolve over time. So, you know, for now, this is our structure. Whatever the, whatever happens here is our structure. Mm-hmm. Could change. Could change. I'm down. It's so funny. I, like, walked in to talk to him about the podcast, and I was already, like, giving him qu- – I was like, what about this? What about that? What about that? And he's like, leave it. Save it for the podcast. Save it. <laughs> and then he'd start, like, giving me information. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. we got to put this on the podcast. And we're like, we naturally just go into that conversation. So, Sensei, comic book Sensei. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. Yes. Yes. <laughs> wax on, wax off. <laughs> um, oh. So, the episode that we're, what we're doing, uh, or the the trade, we're basically, we're I think we're going to, for the most part, do, you know, trades that you guys can go out and buy. Um, and what's a trade, Corey? A trade is, is a... <laughs> I just learned this. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I should never take anything for granted, and I told Tess there is no dumb questions. Nope. This is this is a safe space, so... Mm-hmm. If anyone has any questions, you know, and you don't feel like you're, you can ask your local comic book store or whatever, we want you guys to feel safe. And like mm-hmm. I said, no dumb questions. I love it. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so a trade is a trade paperback, a trade for short, is a collection of um, issues of a comic that form an arc. So, for example, in the 2017 Batwoman uh, reprint, a trade that that we're going to do, it has three arcs in it. It has uh, Elegy, it has Go, and it has Cutter. And each one, each arc can be anywhere from like three issues. I think Cutter was like three issues, and that's a little short for for a trade, uh, to like four or five issues or six issues. Mm -hmm. It all just depends. And for those who are super new to comics, an issue is basically what you saw, like the tiniest volume of yeah. comic. I'm trying to... Issues always have numbers on them, okay. usually, um, whereas uh, trades a lot of times have volumes on them. And the trades are bigger. It's yes. just a bunch of little issues yes. put into a volume. And when I, we first started talking about comics, you said the value is really in the trades. Uh, well, the monetary value is in the single issues. Okay. Um, the, the I find the entertainment value to be in the trade because you just keep reading. You, you, you can just, just go, go, yeah, go. you can just okay. go through you it. It's like wait. it's like binging a show. Okay. You know, it's like binging oh. eight episodes of Stranger Things versus what if you had to wait a month to watch every episode? Like the next episode would come in a month. Dang. So I mean, I I used to read individual comics all the time and you know i used to go every week to my comic store spend anywhere from 20 to 50 dollars every week uh, yeah. on single issues um i just showed tess uh what a long box looks like uh and i have about like 20 of those in my mom's basement oh my and a long box is probably like Oof. what would you say like four feet by like a yeah. foot yeah of a box about uh, a foot tall it fits a it, bunch of issues how many issues do you think you have in that long box oh you know what I, i'm sure someone has the metric on how many issues mm-hmm. um all my stuff is bag and backboarded so i'm sure there's like a, a, a number yeah, yeah so <laughs> but um it, it fits a lot a, a ton and this day and age to be truthful with you guys i don't have a lot of space mm-hmm. and my my wife and i don't have a lot of space in our la apartment uh so i don't collect 
like current issues. I don't really read anything current. Anything I do read, I kind of read on Comixology, and I know, I know, I know, support local comic book stores. I am mm-hmm. firm believer in that, but at the same time, it's so easy to do to read your comics digitally now. It's the time. I just don't have the space. I got you. you I got know? you. Yeah, and I you, understand. And you're looking at me. You see all these yeah, trades a, behind you guys, me? There's a wall of comics yeah. behind him. And like, I don't got any more room. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just, it's ridiculous. So mm-hmm. at this point, uh, I I kind of only collect like like hardback stuff. Like um, these Ghostbuster omnibuses are like a big deal. Like I like those. But as far as trades go, I'll go to like you know used bookstore or something and pick up a, a trade or something. And that's how I kind of got. Uh, and that's Batwoman. where you got Batwoman. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And, uh, shout out to the Iliad in North Hollywood, yeah. and they have a great comic book, huge comic book section. As go. for a used bookstore, they're awesome. They're oh, really awesome. cool. I go to the House of Secrets in Burbank, which is like so amazing, you guys. If you're ever in Burbank, please stop by there. Oh my god, and they're so sweet there. Anyway, um, but I didn't know there were used comic book stores, as silly as it sounds, because like you said, there are eons and eons of comic books. Like they've been around for so long, there has to be used comic books. Hello. Yeah. That's well, and go. and a lot of the used single issues, the comic book store will will sell them. They won't sell like a lot of used trades. That kind of like is more the purview of like a bookstore, uh, sort that. of. You know, yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure some comic book stores have like a used section, but like their older stuff, they'll buy back like older long boxes of stuff and then sell you know individual copy issues of something. But to be truthful with you. Nothing is really worth all that much anymore because everything was printed so so heavily um, mm-hmm. in the 90s and the 2000s and the 80s even. Um, what people got the idea of comic books being expensive and, and worth a lot, like, you know, Action Comics, number one, the first appearance of Superman. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, it's probably worth like 12 grand or something like that. Yeah. I've seen like, I've seen an issue. I've never touched one, but I've, mm-hmm. I've seen an actual issue. Um, those are worth something because... A, no one saved them during World War II, and even worse, people got rid of them because of the comic scare from the 50s and everything where everyone thought comics were... Oh, yeah. There was a whole big thing back in the 50s. Um, I have a book on it. I'll let you borrow that. Yeah. Um, or basically uh, ta- comics like Tales from the Crypt. Okay. Um, you've, you've seen like the Tales the from the Crypt. Show. The movie. That was based the on movie. a comic book. Okay. Um, oh, and see? All the cool ones are based on comic books. But they were super, same, same as the show or the mm-hmm. show slash the movie. They were super violent, super gory, and a, a psychologist... Um, guys, this is off the cuff, so I'm, I'm going to miss some facts here. But a, a psych- psychologist kind of determined that the delinquent kids all read comic books. Oh, Ergo, neat. comic books rot your brain. Of course. So that was when the um, the comics code was introduced, uh, and the comics code ran. It was it was basically a self inflicted. Um, same as the uh, the rating system for movies, it's a mm-hmm. self inflicted censorship, so the government sort of doesn't have to get oh. involved. Um, but they censor themselves, and basically all the comic book publishers got together and said, like, you, know, you can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, you can't do that. You got to show like what, like you can't show the war, you can't have gore, yeah, yeah all yes, all kinds of stuff. Like, like you can't like do like you, know, you can't be like extreme violence towards women and stuff because nice. a lot of these. Yeah, no, it is nice. Um, uh, yes, like all like anything, good things you know do come out of it, sure. but it was still sort of censorship and. I mean, they had to do it. The comic industry would not have survived. I. This is a good time to let you guys know. I let Tess borrow um, 
this uh, this uh, History Channel documentary. Yes. On on like the history of comics. Can't now it wait. came out came out like in two thousand and four two thousand five. So that's where it ends. But up until then, it's a hundred minutes of just condensed comic book information and if you guys can get your hands on it i highly recommend it but it covers it covers all this stuff it won't get into some minutia of stuff but you'll get a very good history of comics from the very beginning all the way up until like 2000 and something i can't wait i'm totally gonna watch it like tonight as soon as i get home seriously honestly i watch it like once a year just to kind of refresh you know bone up on things yeah it's it's all i find it all very fascinating that's awesome so, but yeah, that that was a little bit of a tangent, and you know, yeah. like like I said, we'll we'll go down any of these rabbit holes you want to go down. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, just just ask. I'll Please do my reach best. Out. To, yes. Yeah, I was well. I was talking about. I was oh, talking me. to you, but oh, <laughs> oh, I was like, tell me if you have questions because you might have questions that I don't yeah. have, and then I'm gonna be like, wait, how? Yeah. But yeah, but I would love for you guys, the audience, to also send in any questions you have, and we will do our best to answer them as 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 best as we can. (laughs) We'll look it up and we'll get the answer for you if we don't know exactly. Yeah. So Batwoman, shall we? Yeah, let's let's dive in because I think we have a lot to talk about, and uh, we don't know how long it'll take. So we'll see Mm -hmm. where it goes. Yeah, I'm down with that. Hang out with us, guys. Sit back and relax and enjoy the ride. (laughs) All right. Well. Corey had a great suggestion. He suggested that I read the back of the book, which is basically like the synopsis for it. So, and and uh, so real quick, moving forward, we're gonna just go full spoilers into this. Whatever we talk about, um, at some point, we'll follow us on social media to kind of get an idea of what's coming next. So maybe you can read it before you listen to the podcast or whatever. Good but idea. Yeah. Eh, I, 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 we can't talk much if we can't just talk openly about it. So yeah, if you guys true. haven't read it, it's really good by greg rucka and Mm -hmm. uh check it out and uh yeah we'll dive in yeah all right here we go down the rabbit hole determined to continue serving others after her military career was cut short by bigotry to say the least kate (laughs) kane has taken up the identity of batwoman leading a one-woman war on gotham city's evil underbelly And at the heart of her investigation is the religion of crime, a criminal cult led by a mad woman known as Alice. Speaking in riddles and storybook rhymes, the Lewis Carroll-inspired Alice aims to transform Gotham and her own twisted wonderland. But is everything Alice says truly mad? Underneath her deranged theatrics, she may hold the key to understanding Batwoman's past. In this visually stunning landmark series collected in its entirety... Best-selling writer Greg Rucka, who also did Wonder Woman, and acclaimed artist J.H. Williams III, who also did Sandman Overture, revealed the shocking origin that set the foundation for one of the DC Universe's most prominent gay characters. I was so happy to (laughs) see that. Originally presented in Detective Comics, this volume also includes the never-before-collected storyline Cutter with guest artist Jock, who also did The Losers. Yes. Yes. All right, and we do want to give, uh, you know, credit to all the people who worked on this. Um, like uh, Tess said, Greg Rucka is the writer of this trade. J.H. Uh, Williams III, Jock, and Scott Collins uh, does some fill-in work as well. Um, we also have colorists uh, Dave Stewart and David Barron and letterer Todd Klein. 
And a lot of the covers were done by J.H. Williams III. So I think it's important to give a shout-out to these people, yes. especially the letterer. That's a, that's a very unsung hero of the comic book industry. And tell me why. I well, just learned this. Well, yeah, and, and I again, I you know, you assume things and you should never assume things, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're reading this, all these letters that are in the balloons and everything, this isn't done by a computer. This isn't done in Photoshop or anything. These are done by hand. So amazing. It, it's an art form. Lettering for comic books is an art form just as important as any other uh, artist in the comic and people, you know, don't give them as, enough credit, but they are very important and, and very underappreciated. So um, definitely give a shout out to you, to your letterers out there. Yeah, <laughs> that's hard. Yeah. My so. hand's cramping just thinking about it. I know. So, uh, and, and yeah, do you want to, I was going to ask, uh, do you have any, any knowledge of Batwoman going in now? I'm going to say, I don't have any. Don't so have- this is all I know is right in here, <laughs> in pretty much. Book. Yep, exactly. <laughs> or volume. Wait, what's called trade? <laughs> it's a trade. Yeah, this. but book book works. Book you know, works. that's that volume works too. Um, people don't. You know, people understand what you're saying. That's, yeah, that's not an issue. Um, do so. What yeah. do you have any history of her? Yes, I actually looked it up because this is my favorite part of learning things. You guys is looking back in history. I feel like you appreciate it so much more. So her name is Kate Kane. She's the new Batwoman. Um, she was the original Batwoman was born in. 1956 and I read that it was she was introduced as Batman's love to counter rumors of Batman being gay oh that makes sense because of Robin (laughs) and I learned that Robin was created to give Batman like that father figure type persona yep which I mean maybe back then they may have thought different but in that crazy. Yeah, it was uh, basically, and and you'll you'll they'll talk about that in the documentary. I'll let you borrow, but yes, he was at one point. You know, he was by himself, yada yada yada, and then they deemed him to be too dark. They being the public, they being the editors, huh. you know, the proverbial yeah. they. Uh-huh. And they needed to lighten him up because you know all their readers are kids, so they had to insert a kid in there. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. And then and then open the door to all the. So many, so many characters that you don't know, like don't even exist anymore. All had like you know young ward sidekicks. So yeah, it ushered in a a big deal. Yeah, and my husband and I, we were trying to like understand the Batman like world or universe, whatever you call it, city. Yeah, Gotham. It is so. There are so many freaking stories in there. Like we just, we were like, you know what? Let's just focus on Batwoman because like. There's there's just so many stories. It's I don't know when Batman was first created, or I, who created it. Kane? Uh, Bob Kane. Bob Kane. Yeah. Oh, and her name is Kate Kane. Yes, huh? I think I think I don't. Yeah, I I'm, I'm assuming that was probably on purpose. Oh, okay. I, I can't verify it, but prob maybe. Yeah. Sounds like it would be. Yeah, and then they found out he didn't actually write it or something. Bill Finger wrote it. Well, I think I think Bill Finger uh, uh, drew it. Drew it. Um, okay, okay, okay. But like forever, Bob Kane was the one that uh, like the documentary he got like he got all the credit. So now I think a lot of times they do say created by Bob Kane and, and Bill Finger. Sometimes uh, it was a big deal for um, for a long time to get uh, DC to acknowledge uh, Simon and Schuster creating Superman because um, oh. when they they 
you know, when DC bought Superman, I'm okay, that that's wrong. That's a wrong statement because DC didn't even, I think exist. God. Okay. Oh man. Marvel, See, we're going way too far back. <laughs> Marvel was, Marvel was timely comics before it was Marvel. Was DC always DC? Oh God, guys, so much information in my head. Okay. I know. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I know I so many questions. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but, um, I was going to say when she, if she was from the fifties, that's silver age. That's considered oh. the silver age, uh, stuff. Stuff. The comic book. No, Silver I'm Age. sorry. That's that's yeah. It's a I little bit right. golden. The Silver Age. That that sounds. I think Silver familiar. Age stops in the late 70s. Okay, um, so not far from the end yeah. of that. I'm gonna have to look that up. But that but that sounds familiar based on like research that I. Yeah, did. I think she's a Silver Age heroine. And she didn't really last for very long. She kind of like apparently she kind of like petered out after they were like, okay, he's not gay. Let's move on. Yeah. Like I guess I don't yeah. know. I wasn't there. Uh, yeah, I'm looking in my notes here. I don't really know much more history on that. But I feel like the fact that they they didn't bring her back necessarily, but she is a new Batwoman, I think that's pretty important. And they brought her back so much stronger. Like, this girl kicks booty. She really does. Good Lord. She Ooh. really does. So do you wanna do you wanna dive into Let's the, do it. the trade? Yeah. Okay. Um so we'll we'll we're we're gonna go by in order as best as possible. But we're not gonna break down every like page or scene or anything like that. Um, but the first arc uh, is elegy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's basically uh, the Alice. Alice. She's introduced to Alice, who is like, let me just say, you guys, this art is so gorgeous. It. I take took my time. That's two times that I read it because you're just like looking at each piece like it's so detailed and just is beautiful um but this alice she is like the lead witch of a coven i don't know if it's in gotham necessarily like a like a it's like a crime syndicate they're called the religion of crime yes um i have no familiarity with them i don't know if they've been around before uh but she wipes them out pretty much anyways so mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter yeah and it's more of a macguffin just to get her into the city so it seems like like batwoman's already sort of established you know in in this uh first arc and everything and you get a little bit of of backstory to her but it's pretty much her uh tracking down this alice character she has a scuffle with her and then yes. sort of lo- like kind of gets messed up she looks like a steampunk alice in wonderland yeah she does yeah. and I, this I, is where we see batman because the first time that she has she's trying to figure out information on where to find her because apparently she tried Alice tried to kill uh, Batwoman before and she's like what the heck like what is going on and she confronts this guy and she's like give me information and then Batman shows up yeah and is like basically just watches it all go down because she's kicking butt doesn't need help now, did you notice that uh, in the first encounter with Batman, like at the very beginning, he goes, uh, cut your hair because like one yank and you're going to, it's all over for you because she has the, like, he thinks it's long hair, but we find out later it's actually a wig. So yeah. when someone does yank on it, it just gets pulled off and she doesn't, you know, there's no problem. But it was cool because like at first he was like, I, I, I say cool because it's like she fooled Batman, mm-hmm. you know, he thought it was her <laughs> yeah. real hair yeah. and she's like, and she just kind of gave like a smirk, you know, so I kind of yeah. picked up on that when That's I was, point, when actually. I was reading, I was like, ah, that was, that was cool. I like that. But yeah, I, I agree with you right out of the, the gate. J.H. Williams, the third's artwork is just 
unreal. It's just amazing. Oh the so way gorgeous. he puts the panels together, the way he puts the spreads, the pages together. Mm-hmm. It's very engaging. It's very exciting. Um, I like it a lot. And Batwoman's ca- costume design, holy crap. Yeah. She's a, yeah, like very functional outfit or cost what would you call it costume either or costume outfit i mean it either or yeah. works you know okay. um like you said functional mm-hmm. yes uh awesome looking yeah. yes overly sexy no no that's what's great about yeah. it yeah and then it, there's no like unnecessarily exposed midriff skin nope. for no reason no i think only her face is exposed mm-hmm Oh, dang. Yeah. yeah it's cool. That's I like point. that. I like that a lot. And as I'm with you, Alice looks really cool. Mm-hmm. She's a steam, like has some kind of a steampunk vibe to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really, really neat. So, so basically Bowman is trying to track Alice down Alice. And we, we also learned that Alice and the, um, the, the, the religion of crime have tried to kill Cassandra Cain, Kate Kane. Kate Kane. Yeah. Uh, before. And they tried to stab her in the heart. Yeah. And it didn't work. And they call her the twice named. Um, daughter so of Kane. The daughter of Cain. Uh, so there's this backstory there that I know that like we could wiki it, we could get into it, but we're really just trying to examine these stories as standalone uh, uh, comics, right? right? Like these standalone stories. Mm-hmm. Problem is with comic books, there's so much history to them, you yeah. know? And, and so you try to talk about what's going on in this one particular story, and then there's gaps because you and I don't really know what happened with them trying to kill her. We know that she got stabbed in the heart and lived. Right. And she's got a scar on her chest, and even her dad, um, you know, is like, be careful. And we should probably mention her that her dad, dad mm-hmm. is her, her basically her handler. Her dad's military. He's a and colonel. He's military. a colonel, and she calls him colonel. Mm-hmm. And she used to be military, but we'll get into that in the next arc, yes. in, in the go arc. Um, but we've learned pretty much right away that, like, she has she goes into a diner and she has breakfast with her girlfriend and her girlfriend's like, where have you been all hours of the night? I, You know, I wanted a serious relationship. And she can't tell her. Yeah. Which is always the problem of the mass crime fighter. Mm, but you can I, never tell them. Yeah, yeah. Because then they will be put oh, yeah. in danger. But what I love about it is that they normalized the relationship. They weren't like putting her in a pride march. You know, right. she wasn't wearing a rainbow. She just walked into breakfast with her significant other. Didn't have to say anything. It was just there. It was present. I was like, okay, she gay. So like, th- was the was so the interpretation is more realistic than than usual. Yeah, and I love that. Okay. I love that he's not like, look, 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 look. It's a it's a gay superhero, guys. Get it, get it, get it. We did it, we did it. You know, diversity. They're like, hey, she's going to she's going to breakfast. Mm-hmm. She, you know, it's just normal. I love that. I do too. I absolutely love that part of her character. It's not it's not like a, a sexualized thing. It's not an exploitative thing. Right. It's just. It, that's just normal life like you said it's normal and that's it is normal that's mm-hmm. fine i love it i'm i feel like there should be more of that in there i feel like there should be more diversity in comic books mm-hmm. i like that there's more diversity in comic books now than there ever has been i mean it's a it's a great medium to introduce people younger people too to, to ideas and concepts that they're they can take with them later on you yeah. know it's a great great start yeah, it's a really great star, and she's she's a great can- a character. She's tough. She's tough as nails. She's had like a troubled background, which we'll get into, 
Or I guess we can start getting into it now a little bit, actually. Sure. Wherever, wherever this goes, it's going to be a free-form discussion, guys. Um, I'm sure at some point we'll we'll narrow things down. But right now we're just going to kind of see where it goes. Um, but this story arc was was of the three in the book, my, my favorite. It's the most action oriented. Mm -hmm. It's the most interesting. Um, she doesn't quite capture, uh, Alice, you know, right away. Mm -hmm. Alice kind of slips through her fingers. Um, and then she gets kind of wounded and we are introduced to these, like a band of, of shapeshifters. They're werewolves, octopus, and a lizard demon. Yeah, thing. it's all yeah, it's all some kind of like half human y type of thing. Yeah. I do not know who any of these characters Me are. But like, apparently they were a part of the religion of crime and um, the doctrine behind the religion of crime is when you've killed the twice named, then you know, Gotham will be theirs. Like that, you know, paraphrasing. And then so now these true believers are like, Well, since she didn't die, she's now someone we should be saving. Like everything was wrong you know well well or we sort back, of we got to back up a little bit because that she does get into so alice obviously knows that her dad is very special to batwoman so she basically steals the dad or tricks him they're at a dinner party and um her stepmom who's super super rich is you know judging her for wearing a suit to the party anyway the tuxedo the tuxedo yeah. Yeah. she's like couldn't you wear something else i was yeah. like Ooh. and she said something like no because then i'd be hiding who i truly am and i was like get it girl yes <laughs> these little subtleties oh but i did want to mention um the relationship with her dad is really special it's it's like we learn who she is through like her military experience and how you know tough as nails she really is but he still treats her like a daughter and he's still like like he he basically sets up this entire situation for her where she can be the best she has the best weapons like she's got the best layer and he is tracking her health levels in her suit and she comes in and she's like limping and he's like you're hurt she's like i'm fine she's like no you can't go you know and i loved it i was like he's a dad like he's a real dad he wants to make he's like okay and we'll get into that. I'm jumping so far That's ahead because, okay. like, this story makes me so excited. It was just, I was like, yes. But I liked how he also respects her decisions, too. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he honors them. You know, he does a little hurrah, you know, like yeah. the, the military thing. Or the or they're Marines, I think, I guess, right? They're, I don't know. You know what? I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think hurrah is a Marine thing. I'm is it? not a military guy. But I think that, yeah, I think they were Marines. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it's cool. It's a cool relationship. It's something different. And uh, I love it. I love both of those characters. Wasn't too hot on the shapeshifters because just because I didn't really they know what was going on. They come save them or something. Yeah. And then it's like, why are they saving them if they're trying to kill them? It was a little. And even by the end of like it, I, I didn't really quite grasp what their motivation was. Mm -hmm. um, but Alice, you know, moves like her plan. Her ultimate plan is to just basically nerve gas all of Gotham. That's. It's pedestrian. It's petty. It's it's so cliche. Yeah, I you agree know, with you. it's it. That I I wish there was something more to it. But there's more things happening around it, and there's bigger revelations uh, to come. That maybe they decided just to keep the the actual plot a little bit simpler because they are introducing a lot of character elements mm -hmm. in this um, in the elegy uh, uh, arc, um, essentially. So basically batwoman foils the plan right that's yes. just, that's all at yeah. the end of the day that's what's what happened she foils the plan and 
she like Alice, you know, is about to die or whatever, you know, like hanging off the out of the airplane. That's right. And was, yeah. Alice says, you know, you have our father's eyes, and then she she like stabs Batwoman in the like the forearm, and then Batwoman has to like drop her to we assume her death, but mm-hmm. you know we don't really know. Water. It is it is comic it's books. Water. Well, I mean they were flying, so yeah. I mean the the airplane was you know higher than like a skyscraper, so she would die. But this is comic books, so. I'm not expecting her to be dead right. at all, but mm-hmm. we don't know. We actually don't get the answer to that uh, in this trade at all, no. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the bulk of it, you know, Yeah, of, of this story. Mm-hmm. We of, get a lot of like uh, a lot of exposition that really, a really good foundation, I should say, yeah. that sets us up for the next one. Right. And, and we, we meet, we meet her dad, the Colonel. We meet uh, her stepmom who c- comes in and out here and there, but we meet her cousin and uh betty betty yeah. um who will who we'll find out later is actually another masked vigilante but we find that out at the end of the whole thing but we meet all these characters we find out about cat kane's uh kate is kate it kate <laughs> uh, is, why am i keep wanting to call her cassandra kane who is cassandra kane I don't know. i'm sure you guys out there in the pod podcast universe know who that is but for some reason i keep wanting to call her cassandra kane but batwoman um we get it's a lot of yeah a lot of character stuff a Mm -hmm. lot of character building basically which is great you really start to care for kate yes i i i did right right away she's even though as a as a as a white straight male reader she she couldn't be any more foreign to me you know as some as someone who i could relate to and why's that i'm not a female gotcha you know right and i'm i'm not a lesbian um but that doesn't mean I can't connect to her. Sure. And I did connect to her. That's and I special. connected to her very quickly. And I, I I thought, I mean, that's Greg Rucka's writing mm-hmm. right there. Um, that's just a, a well-designed character, a well-rounded character, an interesting character. You yeah. know, I care about her plight. I care about what she's doing and everything. So I, I think it's, I think that's a testimony to, to the writing right there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. It makes me want to read more of his stuff. I'm like, what else has he written? Right. I love it. Right. Yeah. And so what did you think of, like, the first arc, the the elegy arc? Uh, well, I agree with you. Like, they really did set up the character well enough for you care about her. You want to know how she got to where she is. And you end it with so many questions, but not questions where you're confused. It's questions like, what the, how do I, why did she, you know, like, what? And they answer everything in the next one in a beautiful way. Yeah. yeah. I, and so, yeah, go... I really enjoyed Go as as a character study. I mm-hmm. think um, Elegy I think was a bit more fun and exciting as a superhero comic, but as a character study, uh, the next story arc, the next few issues called Go, which basically dives into Cat Kane's Kate Kane's. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm okay. going to do that every every this whole entire uh, episode. Um, I got you. Uh, they dive into her her backstory is where you I, that's where I really fell in love with her really respected her as a character and oh, yeah. liked where she came from um, yeah I don't have anything else I think to add to uh, Elegy so no. I mean we yeah I can jump into Let's into go, go right into it <laughs> <laughs> good one <laughs> So um, they started off at they started off like twenty years ago. Like yeah, just a whole page was twenty years ago. Well, because it does. I mean, it ends pretty much right away with with her like saying, "Oh my God! Like, why did that? Why did Alice say, um, you know, uh, you have our father's eyes?" And then then like 
that literally is like the last page of that issue. Mm-hmm. And then the next issue starts with like her, uh, Kate Kane as a kid yeah. and her twin her sister twin. Beth playing. They both have red hair. They both, they're twins. They're and straight up twins. What did you say about the art? I thought it was so interesting, your analysis on the art. He, I mean, I couldn't, He. it's still the same artist and he just has a different style for, for I, 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 that's the thing. I, I kept trying to figure out if it was all, um, J.H. Williams III's artwork or all his pencils, it's it's different. He has different styles for what he does, I guess. I'm not terribly familiar with his art, but he, I he's... It. It's, I do too. But, but then, I'm, but then I, I don't know where... Um, shoot, I forgot his name. Uh, I, I, we got the book. We're looking at it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where Scott uh, Collins falls in like so sometimes so sometimes you'll see like jock is the one that draws all of um or almost all of uh cutter the the third third story arc i don't know where scott collins falls in he because he could have been doing fill-in work on cutter because there looked towards the end it looked like a different sort of artist it did yeah so that's still very detailed yeah but then but then when i look at at go all i saw was jh williams's name so i'm assuming He's doing these different styles, like yeah. the past and then daytime and then nighttime is a different style. It's like dark. And then when they go to the past, I feel like the art gets a little bit more simpler because I guess like when you're a child, it's very symbolic. It was, it's a simpler time. Yeah, that you makes know? sense. Oh, and in Go, it's uh, the two girls. They're like, I don't know, having dinner or whatever. And we meet the mom who's mm-hmm. in fatigues. Yes. So and, her yeah. mom is in the army. Mm-hmm. I don't know what branch. Military. We'll military, military, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know what branch. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. And the dad, I don't think he was a colonel at the time. I, think I don't he, think so. Yeah. He's just away, like, all the time. But he's, like, he's like spec ops or something. Like, he's, like, he's something. special yeah. something. He's something. And then so is, I think the mom is, too. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they're both, like, like high-end kind of military type of people. But... Right away, the way Greg Rucka writes it, like the mom is is always like instilling like a sense of a sense of honor and duty into uh, Beth and Kate, uh, you know, to kind of like you know they do something, you know, play a prank on their teacher, and she's like, "You got to go because they're twins." Yeah, they, like, switch out. Yeah. yeah, and even though the teacher never knew, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, "The mom's like, you got to go apologize to him." And you're like, "But we're gonna get in trouble," and she's like, "Doesn't matter. That's what you do. You do what's honorable, what is right." And and you yeah. see it. So from the get go, the foundation, the molding of His integrity and honor, and do what's right. Like when they're young, which I think is wonderful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Building strong, to come strong women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then really quickly, you find out that the dad's going to have to get transferred. They have to move again. They don't want to move. So the mom takes the girls out to go have some fun, you know, in their last day, wherever city like they were in. birthday or something. They go to the Grand Palace. Yeah. yeah. They, and, but when they do, you find out that they get kidnapped. Like mm, they get, The car gets hit or something. And it's just, it's a lot of action. And the art was so beautiful. You felt like you were in it. It was like so many things happening at once like the mom's being taken away it's actually pretty intense like intense that's the word intense like the mom is like a bag over her head like she's been kidnapped like you said Mm -hmm. like and then what happens to beth and well then you then you basically like like because it's it's kate's like point of view you know you basically you come to with like her looking at her dad with the bag comes off of like kate's head and the bad dad's like you know don't, don't just look at me don't look around he's saving and, her yeah. yeah just like he's saving her like they obviously you know breached in mm-hmm. took everyone out but 
you see a woman mm. sitting there with a bag over their head, tied to a chair with a bullet hole in their head. That's oh. the mom. And then you see just an arm sticking out of a kid, and you know that that's Beth, too. So mm. uh, Kate would have died, too. But the whole point is that that wasn't actually Beth. Right. Um, so you don't, you know, we, you don't find that until later. So the story arc of Go over the course of like three or four issues, it's two different storylines. It's in the past how she became like basically attracts uh, Kate's life and her, through the military and then becoming Batwoman and everything with the help of her dad. And at the same time, it like flashes forward to present time where when she got stabbed, like she has some of Alice's blood on her gauntlet on her, on the blade thingies that are on her gauntlet, like Batman has. Mm -hmm. So she takes it to a doctor to kind of basically run to see if that's the blood of a twin. twin, And yeah, yeah. so there's not a lot really going on in the current, like what's like the current timeline of that comic, like in go, like there's not much happening there. It's all more of like character development past stuff, Mm -hmm. which I liked because it was like focusing on that. And we didn't have to worry about too many stories. It was like, let's get to know Kate. And they jump 20 years, and then sometimes they only go seven years back. Yeah. When she's a little bit younger than when she is now. Which I assume she's probably like almost 30 in present time, you think? I think so. I think, yeah, yeah. you can. she's probably maybe, she's probably your age. 28, uh, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and you find out that she's in the military, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but she has a girlfriend and because she's gay. And they i guess her her co finds out but at the same time she is like like very uh overachiever top like, of her class top, yeah on like, her way to being what was it like um what do they call them in the military when they're just like a leader of some sort yeah uh, yeah, yeah i don't I'm, even know yeah, i'm like I looking at my notes so, like, i gotta write that down yeah, yeah something <laughs> she's on her way to be like she has a promising career in the military mm-hmm. And her CEO finds out that, like, you know, that that happened, you mm-hmm. know, and he, you know, under article, like, you know, I don't know, one, two, five or something like yeah. that. Um, and all she had to do was say, you know, like he says, look, just tell me it was a mistake. You know, I'll, rep- I'll have to reprimand you, but like, you, you know, you'll be held back. Like something will happen, but your career will still sort of be intact. Pretty yeah, you much. can graduate. You, basically, she lost I think she lost all rights, whatever you call them, doing air quotes, to be a leader because of the allegation. Um, But after he, but he says, if you admit it, like, what did he say? No, hang on. Oh, he said that you can graduate if you just say, no, it's not true. There it goes. Sorry. And you still have a, and and the implication is, you know, you're a good soldier. I want you to have a good career. Just do this and it'll all be fine. It'll suck now, but it'll all be fine in the end. Right. And what does she do? Oh my gosh. I wrote this down because it's my favorite and I posted it on our Instagram because they, the artist just did it so well, like panel by panel by panel. She said, a cadet shall not lie, cheat, or steal, nor suffer others to do so. Next panel, just her lips, I'm gay. Loved that. And then she takes off her ring. I guess it's her class ring or military ring. I'm not sure how that works. But it was, I was, I stopped. Like, I already knew she was gay from the beginning. But, like, I was like, whoa. They revealed that so beautifully. I, I applaud them. That was great. It was it was awesome. I loved it too. Uh, you can check out that panel on OCD Podcast on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is it is amazing, and it, and it should be celebrated. Uh, and then I really liked how the dad took it, where he was like, you know, she was like, 
you know, he's like, why are you, know, why are you home? Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, they wanted me to say something on Article 125. I was like, well, yeah, just say that. And he's like, oh. And she's like, I can't. And he was like, uh, what now? And she was like, I, you know, I can. And he's like, hoorah. He's like, I, and yeah. I liked it. He was okay. like, okay, cool, gotcha. He's like, you stood that. up for your uh, your integrity. And he, I like the fact that he cared more about her integrity than her, her being gay. You know, yes. he still loved her just the same. So I thought that was really cool. Um, so. Very well handled. Uh, but then unfortunately she kind of like spirals, you see her spiraling into a life that she never wanted because the military was always what she wanted. Yeah. She's like, what do I do now? She had no purpose. Right. And I feel like we've all been there some, at some point, you know, and it really sucks, you know. Super relatable again. Yep. Very relatable. Yeah. And it, it does suck, like, trying to find your purpose, you know. Yeah, well, and, she gets, like, DUIs and drops out of school yeah, and all these things. Doesn't really care because her stepmom, uh, because the dad remarries uh, and the stepmom is now rich. Um, so she can kind of, like, now she's, like, become more of, like, a spoiled sort of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Until she almost gets mugged. And the mugger, she right. basically beats crap out of the mugger. Uh, <laughs> and she's that. like, I'm not just some one. But, but, yeah. but then Batman sort of like sort of lands, you know, in front mm-hmm. of her. And she trips falling backwards. And he gives out his hand and, you know, basically helps her up. And at that point, she finds a new purpose. Mm-hmm. And that is to basically help other people and become a vigilante. Now, her first go at it. She's wearing, like, just your normal gas mask and stuff, and she's yeah. using, like, tear gas and stuff. And that's how her dad sort of figures it out because he's, like, he can smell the tear gas on her clothes. He's mm-hmm. like, look, that's this needs to be – you need to yeah. wash this out, you know. And he basically figures out what she's doing. He And, he, again, he supports it. He's like, well, if you're going to do it, then let's do it right. He just sets it up for her. Yeah, he doesn't put much of, like, a, a – he puts up a little bit of a fight, of course, right? Sure. He's still her dad. But clearly, you know, when she, she – again, they have another really good moment where she's like, you know, I have a purpose now. You have a purpose now. I have a purpose. You know, like yours is military. I can't have that mm-hmm. now. And he, he obviously already knew – he knew that his daughter always wanted to be in the military. So when she said that, he was just kind of – he did that again. He was like, hoorah. All right. And then, like, yeah. that was it. That just means, like, I acknowledge it. There's no more discussion needs to be had. And he basically, because he's kind of high up in the military, he sends her to like this two-year extreme training course. And with the best training montage that I've ever seen in a comic book. I haven't read that many comic books, but if you're going to do a training montage, (laughs) like that's the one you should look at first. Like it's... It's really good. You can almost hear the the music. Yes, I agree with you. Oh my gosh! I, in my notes, I'm literally like, "Amazing training montage in a comic book." What? In all caps, like, uh, I loved it. I lo- like I was reading it next to my husband. I'm like, "Look!" And he, his head's like moving furiously, like reading it. He's like, "Whoa, this is so cool! I'm in it." <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's really cool, and you really get to see like they even talked about like I'm gonna you know basically um, you know like. This one dude who's like the best non-lethal takedown, like urban takedown guy. Yeah. I'm gonna take you to him, you know, and this and that. So basically, I mean, because we all know that Batman had his years of training and everything. You just you need to be trained. You just have to be. Yeah. And she comes back, and Dad sets up the entire basically her lair. Which can we talk about? Her lair is like it's a penthouse apartment with a <laughs> tree in the middle. Yes. <laughs> How cool is that? That was all the what did you call those? Splash pages? What are they called? Uh, splash pages, like splash. when it takes up like uh, an entire, um, both like, like a splash page, if it, it could take up like the entire just one page, mm-hmm. or it could like take up 
both pages Two when pages. you open, you know, yeah. And that's what it did. It was yeah. like an overshot of her house. It was yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Super I, cool. I dug that. Yeah. Um, and then basically she comes back and dad's got the whole place set up. He's got her costume. And of course, like, you know, they talk about like how, you know, this, this, you know, outfits like tr- treated with some kind of like armor spray. So like bullets and knives yeah. can't penetrate it. It's, you know, whatever. That's, that's been around for years. Like all this like insanely ridiculous tech. Or <laughs> <laughs> very advanced. Yeah. Advanced, very advanced. advanced. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, it was great, though, but he was like, Anna got you these boots, and they're like three-inch boots, and as a person who's uh, been in boots before, I would be like, do you have flat boots? <laughs> they were tall. I was like, I don't know how she's going to fight crime in them. Like, maybe if they had knives on the end, like, I don't know, spurs, that might be cooler. I was curious about that. She does say, uh, what's with the heels? And he's like, it's the only thing I can find in red. That's like, right, that's right. Um, how, realistically, how hard would it be to maneuver, like like jump from rooftop to rooftop with those heels. It certainly wouldn't help your spine because, yeah. like, I mean, in an hour and those in like I was like two or three inches, it, that would hurt your back and your booty. Like it just and your feet. Yeah. I I mean, but you know, she looks great. <laughs> yeah, she looks phenomenal, and the the costume looks absolutely stunning. Yeah, just unbelievably amazing. Um, I guess maybe I feel like that might have been a part of the era. Um, a little oh. holdover from because the, these originally came out. What it was a two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah, I think so. uh, reprinted. We're reading the two thousand seventeen trade, but the original issues, the Detective Comics that these were these originally came out in um, issues eight fifty four through eight sixty three. Uh, they were two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So, I mean, that's a, that's almost ten years ago. Yeah. So I, I think nowadays female characters they don't have the high heels i mean you look at spider gwen and stuff Um, she doesn't have the high heels she has more of like the ninja booties you know the flat sold ninja booties um i think there's still there's still room to be to to go in a direction of of less sexism Mm -hmm. i think they were on the right path with this design but there was still like that old school sensibility of having to need to have high heels because at the end of the day too all the artists know how to draw is the high heel boots for women maybe you know that's true and maybe it was just like a like a choice you know and the fact that she was all about it she was like okay you know, I guess I don't really know what to say about that. Like, I'm not like upset because she was she <laughs> consented to the boots. <laughs> but at the end of the day, not yeah. practical. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. With I, you. I I felt the same way. I was like, I was like, okay, you yeah. know. I was like, I don't know. It looks like you're gonna break your uh, ankle in that, but sure. <laughs> I'll let that one go. It I'll let, like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a comic book conceit, essentially. Sure. You know, that's just how a comic book sort of are. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. But then you find out, uh, you know, during the courses, you, you, she, you see her with, like, some other uh, uh, female characters, you mm-hmm. know, trying to have relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is... Um, uh, Renee? Uh, yeah, Renee. She is a... She's been in Batman comics for a long time. Really? Her and Harvey Bullock. Yeah, she's a cop. Um, for she's, Gotham City Police? Yeah. Uh, it, there was even a time where they had uh, a comic just called GCPD, which actually was really good. Whoa. Um, and it was, it, was, it, it was kind of like Gotham before the TV show Gotham, which is, like... 
it focused on the cops of the GCPD mm. and like how they dealt with like taking down like Mr. Freeze. Whoa, and, like the other side, like yeah, after and, Batman. And gets Batman up. wasn't even like was barely in it. Like he would show up because he's sure. Batman and he's a part of Gotham, but like detect you know, detectives in Gotham still have to like do their job, even if it means coming up against Mr. Freeze. And do you know much about the city of Gotham? Because I feel like everybody just wants to take over Gotham and I'm like, why Gotham? <laughs> So Gotham started out as more of like, you know, Metropolis is the shining beacon of hope. It's Superman. It's Superman City. Okay. It's supposed to be futuristic. It's supposed to be like New York, you know, mm-hmm. like just, just majestic and everything. And Gotham was always supposed to be more truthfully, more like Baltimore. Uh, really just crime ridden, like a harbor city, you know, blue collar city and everything. And it started it started as just a crappy city. Okay. But over time I feel like they've they've had to give reason to why there's been so much, you know, happening in Gotham. Mm-hmm. And so of course, you know, writers always the thing is, like, the reason DC reboots their their continuity every, like, 10, 15 years or whatever is because after a while, it's just you're almost burdened with so much years of history and how does the writer, like, have to incorporate all this point. kind of stuff. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think there's probably a million answers why Gotham is, mm-hmm. like, this hub of stuff. Um, but the truthful matter, the truth of the matter is it's just Gotham. You know, yeah, it's just a crappy city. And, and, you know, the point is like, like you saw in the movies, like honestly, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, they did a great job of really distilling down Batman and like really getting into the nitty gritty of it. Like that was the first movie that I realized they got it right where they're like, Bruce Wayne is the mask. Batman is the face. That's Bruce Wayne is Batman all the time. Bruce right. Wayne is the mask. And they even huh. said that in Batman Begins. I was that's why I love that movie because it was like, oh, you got that right. Yeah. That's that's the difference between Batman. That's why Batman is Batman and you and I can never be Batman. Right. Because he is always Batman. One hundred percent of the time. I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gotham is just yeah, I mean, but at the same time, a bunch of crap, bad stuff happens in Metropolis too. bunch okay. bunch of bad stuff happens in in Coast City and Key City. What's so, Coast City? Uh, that's I think Coast City is is Key City Flash. One of them is Flash. One of them is Green Lantern. So okay. the the difference between Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel, or I'm sorry, DC came out first. DC was around before Marvel was. Okay, um, and. DC had all these made-up cities, Metropolis, Gotham, uh, Key City, City, Central City, all this kind of stuff. And whereas what set Marvel apart when they hit, like what set Spider-Man apart is that it took place in New York. It took place in a real place. So, So Marvel always had a real like world to draw from they always wanted their characters to be like in a real our world basically now over time they've come up with like islands and stuff Mm -hmm. you know but for Mm -hmm. the most part continental america is is the same now it it is interesting they have addressed this like once or twice where they did a giant uh it's it's rare but it happens marvel and dc will do an actual crossover like justice league and avengers they they did one they did one in late 90s early 2000s uh it was interesting it was bloated it was it was weird i don't really remember the story but what i remember was i think it was i think it was superman went to the marvel earth 
And you know, Superman can like, and he's got a superpower. So he's like, he's looking, he's, he goes, this, this planet is X amount of like kilometers smaller than ours because it doesn't have Metropolis. It doesn't have Gotham because the, in, in the DC comics, there's, I believe there's still New York. But there's also oh. Gotham, I think, and there's like there's also DC, but there's also Metropolis. So like they did address the fact that like oh Superman was like this world is like a smidge smaller than ours because it doesn't have all these extra cities essentially. Oh, interesting. So you're saying like DC has what Earth, whatever it's we Earth. have here, plus. plus but yeah, these it's cities. just like just imagine there's also like all the states and everything that we have, but mm-hmm. you also have to insert Gotham, somewhere insert in there. Metropolis somewhere in there. Huh. You know, like I think Metropolis is kind of where New York is. I think you would think in my brain, Metropolis is New York. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, 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 I might be a little wrong. Like New yeah, York no, might not, not be in um, um, DC comics. I'm trying to think. I actually, you're right. I don't think New York is actually in DC uh, comics, but. Anyways, it's it's all interesting. It's it's a, it's an yeah. interesting like concept, uh, a conceit, if you will, that you know that the DC universe has these made up cities, whereas Marvel. But that's what kind of like was Marvel's thing was to put okay. their their characters in New York in a place, and so like because all their artists were there, their headquarters were there. They're like, look, we can just draw right out the window, yeah, oh, and that's you can true. just picture Spider Man flying through the air. And I think that's what really helped you know solidify everything. That's so interesting. Wow, I learned yeah. so much just now. I didn't even like think to know that you know what I mean. Like I knew about Metropolis and Gotham, but I didn't. I was just like, oh, they're just another part of our world. But there's a distinct difference in the worlds that they create. Or don't create. Wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> Blew my mind. <laughs> and, and honestly, growing up uh, a kid, I did not read DC, so I'm I'm kind of at a little bit of a disadvantage. I was a Marvel kid. Marvel I kid read too. Marvel in the 80s and the 90s specifically. I read stuff like Punisher, and I read stuff like X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got very heavily into um, all the Dark Horse. Uh, uh, Dark Horse Comics is another publisher, but they were big on licensed stuff. So they had the Star Wars license. They had the Terminator license, they had the Aliens license, and they had the Predator license. So, uh, and so basically, their their comic books like were sequels to like Predator. They were sequels to Aliens. So, like, I could I, I was I was reading those very heavily growing up. So it was basically I was either Dark Horse or I was Marvel, and I didn't get an appreciation for DC until I got older, and I realized that I feel like DC characters are a bit more iconic. Uh, they're, Why they're, is that? They're a little more, probably because they're older, you know? Oh, okay. Like, okay. Green, there's, like, That's the Golden fair. Age Green Lantern. You know, he looks different than the Silver Age Green Lantern, which is the Green Lantern you you picture, right? Right. But they have a, a good Reynolds. few, de- yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have a few decades head start on, on like, Spider-Man and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but that's not enough to sort of, uh, I don't know. Sometimes like Marvel stuff is, is a little bit more down to earth and gritty. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes DC stuff is a little bit more bigger, you know? Okay. And, and okay. I, yeah. And they deal with more like, you know, concepts that are, can be a little bit, you know, more heady and stuff. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, growing up though, now I, I really like the way like Green Lantern looks. I like the way a lot of these, Silver Age characters look like, uh, you know, Flash and stuff like that. So I haven't really gotten into those stories yet, which I think that we should. Yeah. I want to do like the iconic stuff too, so that I can answer those questions if anybody has those. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you start talking about comic books with people and they're like, 
hey, have you read The Flash or have you seen the movie The Flash or the series or something? And I'm like, no, because I have no interest because I don't know their story. Right. You know what I mean? Does well, that make sense? No, that I mean, that makes total sense. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, just like with video games, just like with movies, there's a gazillion different genres. And you could say, I, you know, you love movies, right? Mm-hmm. But you could love dramas and thrillers. And sure. I can love sci-fi and horror. We both love movies, but we watch stuff that's drastically different. So, mm-hmm. like... Like I said, even though I grew up, you know, and I, I know a lot about DC, I, I I didn't read a lot of it growing up, and it's just kind of being, you know, just hearing things or, or whatever. Right. Um, I'm by no means uh, an authority on on DC or Marvel or Dark Horse. Actually, I'd probably I probably know the most about the Dark, <laughs> the Dark Horse. Horse stuff, the aliens and the, <laughs> no the Predator me. and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but it, this is cool. I mean, it's it you know, like, again, like like we said earlier, no bad questions, no, no stupid okay. questions. It's all fun. This is this is awesome. Awesome. This is yeah. this is really cool. Um, I don't know what we were talking about. I think we completed. You know what? Let's do. Well, oh wait. So real quick, we do find out that at the end, we find out that uh, it is her. It is, Alice is a twin. So you just know that that's probably Beth, and she confronts the dad. Why didn't you tell me that? He's like, look, the the girl that we found. You know, when your mom was it. So I think that was her mom. Yeah. Like, he knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think there's any question that her mom got shot in the head. Yeah. That was pretty brutal um but he said we didn't know like we knew that that wasn't beth but we didn't know where beth was you were heal, you were healing so i didn't want to like you were getting over like your sister's dead you know yeah. and and her, her of course her whole thing is you should have told me and they never go into like what happened to beth did she go into an orphanage like right. was she you know what i mean they well i think that she was kidnapped probably and brainwashed by the relig the um, oh, crime of religion yeah, and then yeah and then then alice is the persona that they basically crafted Created. okay crafted yeah because yeah, yeah. she's so insane but then at mm-hmm. the very end you can see it in her eyes when she stabs batwoman you know before she falls when she says you have our our father's eyes um you can see it in her eyes that that was the one moment that like the the madness broke mm-hmm. and i think the reason she wanted to die was because she knew that like alice would come back right and that's Ooh. you know what i mean like she 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 made batwoman let go like she made batwoman drop her mm-hmm. because and i think because that was beth you know yeah you know what I mean? And then they do reveal at the very, very end, we see her for one short, small panel. And if you're reading too fast, you may miss it, where she comes above water. water yes. Where she comes above water and she's, like, taking a breath. And then you're like, wait a minute, she's not dead. Yeah. Like, like what? It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. In comic books, you can fall from great heights and not die if you are somebody of importance to the story. Yes, of course. You can't <laughs> if, die. If you're not, rubber. if you're not, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know. Exactly. That's how you know. So what did you think about this one, about Go? I I, I thought Elegy was, was more fun, um, more interesting, but Go really was a great character study. I, I got a different kind of enjoyment out of it, and it solidified my love for, for Kate Kane, for the new Batwoman. I thought I love her backstory. I think yeah. it's interesting. Um, I, I, I don't recall seeing something like that, you know, before. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting backstory, and this was a cool issue to kind of, or a cool arc to get your, to get her sort of take on things and see where she's coming from. And we needed that. Yeah. We gained empathy for her. Exactly. From all that. We're like, oh, that's why you are the way you are. 
What did you think? I loved it. I, I did love it. I don't know if I necessarily loved it more than the first one. It just kind of like, to me, it was all one story. It was like, here's the present and here's the past. But I did think it was very, very cool how she like basically was a phoenix. She rose from the ashes. She could have just like been nothing but she was like no i'm gonna turn this into something i need to serve i have a purpose and and her dad helped her thank goodness for her dad yeah so. yeah i know she would maybe be dead if it wasn't for him mm-hmm. watching watching her back and everything um sadly at the end of this story arc things are uh between her and her dad strained at this point pretty much because of the reveal of the of beth being alive yeah aka alice a- yeah aka alice aka yeah, leader what, of the covens and things. that she killed everyone though so the 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 religion of crime is i guess dead or at least all the heads are or something like that because she remember she she killed them all in that in the elegy uh trade she did well then do you remember when they were like they had the meetings of the hybrids and that's when they revealed that they needed to kill the daughter of Cain and they said well because technically and they don't know that Beth came above water and may possibly be alive they think that she's dead they're like well that's a daughter of Cain um so I guess we fulfilled the prophecy like yeah and and that was a little bit of an the hybrids were were an offshoot of the the religion of crime for some reason, I have a hard time saying that. It's a cool name, and it's cool written down, but it's hard. It's like a hard not. It doesn't flow easily off your tongue. Sure. Um, but yeah, the but it, midway through the elegy arc, she killed all the heads of the the I guess the proper the main heads. But the yeah, the hybrids are still alive, and we only see them for a little bit in Go, where basically Batwoman shows up at their little speech. Though the main head werewolf guy is there, mm-hmm. but I gotta give a shout out. Batwoman punches him so hard that she punches him back into human form. And that <laughs> yes. is so cool to me. Yes. <laughs> that is so cool that she just punched him back to human form. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was really cool. But yeah, I, I liked I liked Go. And I'm with you. It felt like that felt more of an like a part of the first story. Like it, it just flowed mm-hmm. into like one big movie or whatever, one big story arc. And then... And then there's Cutter. There's the three oh, issue Cutter. Cutter. Oh, Cutter. Written, still written by Greg Rucka, but this one was drawn, drawn by Jock, um, who I don't hate his artwork, but man, following J.H. Williams III. It can't be an easy task, you know. Like it's true. it and, still is beautiful, and, but, and it was. Yeah. It, Jock's Jock's artwork is very ink heavy. It's very black, mm-hmm. very inky, um, very very minimalist, I guess. Okay. Um, but man, That's a good way to put it. Williams the Third was just every he killed it. Just I was just yeah. Detail was just off the charts. Dripping with detail. Yeah. Loved it. Like at one point, Alice was the bottom half and Batwoman was the top half, and they were like one person. Yeah. And oh God, I was like, whoa! Like I want to frame this. Yeah, and he does like split panels, like like half yeah. their face. And I mean, it's just it's so good. Mm-hmm. I but, mean, this, I mean, the cutter has great artwork as well, but certainly you're right. Like following that, it's like I don't know. It's just a different style, and and yeah. I like I said, I like Jock style. It's it's a little Meg, uh, Mike Magnola esque. Um, uh, just slightly, but I kind of, I do actually really like very inky, uh, artwork like his, I I actually really enjoy real black inks and stuff. Uh, a lot of negative space and things like that. Um, but 
overall this this story so basically it's it's this story of batwoman tracking down a serial killer that's killing like college women and at the same time you don't know it until like the second issue but there's a batman storyline happening and what it is is you're following you're tracking batman's earlier encounter like uh, 10 years earlier encounter with the same person the same villain Mm -hmm. and now at the same time it's paralleling uh batwoman's encounter with him back and forth you go back and forth but it was a little awkward at first because you don't really get that right away Mm -hmm. and you don't get that reveal i think until like the second issue or something or kind of starts coming together i feel like it would have been better a story better served right at the gate telling you like this is 1999 this is 2010 you know i didn't you know what i didn't even catch that yeah Huh. No, I'm saying it didn't do that. So yeah. I'm saying like I think it would have been better served if they if they had given it. But I get I think Greg you know he Greg Ruckel was trying to make it interesting. It was trying to it was it was supposed to be a reveal. Okay. But I, I just didn't think it was that strong. And at the end of the day, the story was just subpar. Yeah, it was just yeah it was it was a normal. But I mean, you got to understand like this is in detective comics. Like there's there's more of an emphasis on detective work and fighting crime than there is on like punching villains in the face like people sort of expect detective comics to be about batman you know yeah he's gonna fight villains but at the same time it's it's a mystery it's supposed to be like a mystery that you're you're sort of going along the Mm -hmm. the ride with so many unanswered questions along the way and then at the end they reveal he's yeah he's like you said he's just killing not killing off he's kidnapping these college women and cutting off their noses and ears and Batman saves a girl from getting her eyeballs ripped out, and it's such a drastic turn from the beautiful song of the last two, I feel. And it was like, wow. And then I thought maybe they might go back into Alice being alive again, you know, but it was very much like, I think you said it really well before we started the podcast. It was just such a turn. It was like, it was like, a, you didn't, you never saw like Cutter anywhere else. Yeah in the in the in the universe it's just like a one-off and he wasn't even that interesting looking you know mm-hmm. he had these weird blades stuck in his head or something mm-hmm. and you know it's it yeah it was just like in in a lot of the main stuff like yeah she still has like the fight with her dad is still happening but like yeah the alice stuff isn't coming back the religion of crime isn't coming back mm-hmm. really it's more of this own standalone story and maybe i mean it's three issues not enough to actually put into um its own trade that's way too small so this actually apparently when i was looking online i didn't know but this this uh trade that we have the 2007 is the first time these were collected these three issues of cutter were collected they just originally just appeared in detective comics you know i mean so you the way we're reading them is how they came out i was going to ask you yeah so it okay got you got you go ahead yeah that so and usually trades will be unless they tell you they'll be in order and they'll tell you in the front you'll be able to always every trade has in the front it'll tell you this collects avengers you know 200 through 208 you know what i mean like it'll tell you what what they are um and and sometimes like trades will be like this collects avengers you know 200 through 209 and then it collects avengers annual number 537 and then Mm -hmm. avengers annual you know like they'll try to make things all stick together and the reason they put this in here is because it's still written by greg rucka um so that's why it kind of like found its way here but this was the first time that 
in trade form that it was it appeared and i think that's kind of telling like yeah. they didn't even put it in the original uh, elegy slash go you know trade okay so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and maybe it wasn't even out at the time but yeah it wasn't that great um i have a question yeah so this is a comic book question so you know how it says on the back it's like 853 through 860 whatever so is that that 800 number 800 what issues of uh dc comics of of detective comics okay i was like number 800 of batwoman i knew the answer was no but it was just like 800 of what so so this is the trade is called batwoman but It's the comic, like, if you wanted to actually go read these individual issues, you wouldn't be looking for Batwoman issue one. You would be looking for uh, Detective Comics uh, 854. So that means, so, like, you'd have to go to the store, and you'd have to look up, you'd have to be like, I want to buy Detective, you know, find Detective Comics, but it would not be in the Batman, Batwoman. It wouldn't be under Batwoman. It'd be under Detective Comics. And You'd have to know the issue number. Well, yeah, and... There are 853 issues prior to that. Okay. But you could go in and be like, hey, I'm looking for Batwoman, and they could point you in the right direction, but you don't necessarily need to know the issue number. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if the person is knowledgeable, you know, they may may know that, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't make make the poor clerk try to figure that out like if you know you're specifically trying to find these individual issues but if you're not then just pick up the trade you know if you don't okay. care about having the the issues with the and you know like these probably will be like you know a couple bucks more than cover price the, the store will probably you know jack the price up a little bit you know mm-hmm. um they always do on back issues depending on the quote-unquote value issue? back issue if you ref- if you hear anyone refer to something as a back issue it's literally anything that's not this current it's not the current issue so like if for example if for example 800 oh. issue 863 was the current issue okay 800 or one through 862 are all considered back issues the back issues of detective comics yeah yeah. In total. Yes. Okay, so, I haven't heard of that before. Okay, yeah, gotcha. so that's a, that'll be a common term you'll hear a lot. Go check the back issue bin. Uh, um, so like tra- like terms like trade, uh, you know, that's what that is. Uh, terms like back issue, these are things that are just thrown around as if they were, as if you know what that means. Okay. So yeah, if, if you want to, if you want to, be like okay hey do you have um you know whatever and the current one's like at issue five like do you have like uh dr alf alfra what's this dr what's afra afra yeah. yeah like so like you're like hey uh i have dr afra's issues three and four and five i need to i need issues one and two just so i can have it mm-hmm. you would go pe- check the back issue bins at your local comic book store okay. they may not have it you gotta go to the other local comic book store to check their back issue bin therein lies half the fun of tracking down you know your your back issues it's true not every comic book store is going to have a back issue a lot of times so like a lot of times a comic book store they got to ride a fine line between not having a lot of overstock. You order enough issues to cover your subscribers, Mm -hmm. right? And then maybe depending on what the issue is, do you want to order maybe a couple more for the shelf? And then if they don't sell, they they don't send those back. You just basically have to put those into your back issues and And dig. Then yeah, and that and then you'll go to a comic book store and there'll just be a bunch of long boxes, you Mm -hmm. know, and you just dig. You you dig and that's half the fun. You go to conventions, half the fun of comic book collecting is tracking down missing issues. It's gotta be so satisfying when you're like, Ah, I found it. When you finally found this like I mean, I can't even begin to tell you 
I mean, especially growing up, you know, you, I would have all these like random issues of stuff. Like I would, I would really like a comic. I'd have to go and find the back issues. And then like, you know, I'd be missing, missing like Punisher number like 14 or something. So like, it all, it'd always be on my to-do list, try to find it. And then you finally find it. You're like, yes. Yeah. And you read it and then you're like, oh, that issue stunk, you know, <laughs> but you still have a full collection. Like, that's... But you have the, yeah, you have the collection. Exactly. You know, yeah, and, the... and so you track them down at comic book convention, like, Back before Comic-Con was all about, like, cosplay mm-hmm. and big announcements and, like, all, like, the, the exclusive merchandise and the exclusive panels. When I was growing up, comic book conventions were just a bunch of dudes and <laughs> no women. No just women. a bunch of dudes yeah. in a Marriott Convention Center, like, the hall, you know, with mm-hmm. a bunch of just, they just bring their, their long boxes. They rent a little table. They rent a little spot. They bring their long boxes. You go through, look into that one. Don't see the one you want. You just walk to the next one, look through that one, look, you know what I mean? So it wasn't very colorful. It's just a bunch of white boxes. And- yeah, just a bunch of white boxes, but <laughs> In those boxes was so much color. Gold. <laughs> yeah, gold. Aww. Yeah, you're, you're an archaeologist, I guess. That's yeah. I think all comic <laughs> book collectors. Yeah, I think all of them, all of them are inherently like you'll start going down rabbit holes, and you're gonna want to know where these characters came from. And there's some great stuff like out there that you know came out in the '80s. And I mean, not you know, it's it's crazy, but like you think about like you get into comic books now, you have the future to go with, and you mm-hmm. also have. I know. 70 years of history. You know what I mean? You have like so much to to go from. I mean, you you and I don't have to discuss a single new comic, and we could probably do this podcast, you know, just on stuff that's like I grew up on. You know what I mean? Like, like just on my shoot we could do like just on my my bookshelf and that would last us like two two years (laughs) of like weekly doing a weekly podcast. So Uh like it's interesting. Like I personally don't keep up with anything now. Okay. I the only comic book I kind of used to keep up with was Ghostbusters by IDW, mm-hmm. but I don't really keep up with anything at this point. Um, I hope you know it, it, that you bring me into something. You know, but well, if yeah. if not, it, it, there's just still so much. Just like with movies, there's so many movies to go and watch. If if you're like oh literally gosh. new to movies, like you yeah. literally haven't watched a movie your entire life until like February, like you have so much to watch. Yeah. You know. But, like, don't feel over I don't want anybody to feel overwhelmed because like that's certainly how I felt when I walked in and you're absolutely right there's so much history but like pick a character and then just stick with that character and just you know dive in and even if you find it like now like I started Captain Marvel now and I certainly wouldn't go back or anything I want to do it from here on out but I don't know like I may maybe one day like I mean we will certainly on this podcast like I definitely want to go back and read the stuff that you used to read, stuff that inspired you. Like, do you, I mean, if you read every single comic book or saw every single movie that was ever suggested to you, you would just, that's all you would do. That's all you had. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the only, and, and I think I said it last episode, like, don't, don't be ashamed if, like, you're like, yo, I picked this up because the art was hot. Yeah. You know, and the story stunk. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've read, like, 60% of the stuff I've read, mm-hmm. the art was hot, story stunk. You know what I mean? Ah, like, it, yeah. that just happens. I mean, yeah. you know, it, you know, sometimes if, if, especially if I'm sort of curating what you're reading, you're going to, you're not going to read some of the crap, but I've read so much crap in my day, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I don't want to do that. I, I mean, I don't want to just be like, here, you read, the, like, I want you to experience, to go down your own rabbit holes and, and whatever character, you know what? 
some characters hum, some characters don't. Follow the characters that hum for you. Sure. That's that's all it is. You know what I mean? Like great I advice. like characters yeah. you you might not ever like because they speak to me mm-hmm. in a certain way or they have a certain history or they're just designed a certain way. I mean, yeah. it's still a visual medium. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the first and foremost, it's a visual medium. Mm-hmm. So the art I still yeah, think absolutely. is yeah. super important. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. And you know, you'll start seeing the old trick of the industry, you'll see a super awesome cover and then you'll go inside and the artwork's not the same <laughs> and they've been doing that for years wow. like having some awesome artists do the cover yeah, you know, because at the same time like it's a visual medium mm-hmm. it's the cover people pick up comics just for the cover they judge sometimes. the book by the cover yep it's one of the mediums where you actually can sort of sometimes judge the book by the cover but there are like like batwoman here we certainly love this one and to be honest like looking at this art cover, like I don't think I would have picked it up, not because it's not beautiful inside, but because like on the outside it's just like black and red and it's right. very simple. It looks kind of like sketched. And I'm and I read it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and you fell in love with the art. I too. did. I did. Oh my gosh. That was all I that's I was like, man. There's... I know we keep bringing that back, but like it really. And you too. You no, loved it too. Well, of course. I mean, yes. I mean, I. Went to art schools, grew up my entire life. I was always in art classes. I went to magnet art program in high school. Art's always been a big deal in my life. So mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed the artists. And, I mean, you can see, like, even, like, you know, Jock, we both, we need, I, we neither of us want to, like, crap on him. No. But, like, but, you know, I can't it's just. like that. It's amazing. But he's just, it's, it's, it's a different style. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's fine on its own. But at the same time, like, if I had to go to a desert island with him or, or Williams Third, I would take Williams Third, <laughs> Right? You know what I mean? Like, because gotcha, I just yeah. like that art better. Mm-hmm. But I don't dislike Jock's art. Art, but I like Williams III's much more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but as a whole, what'd you think of just like your experience of, of reading your first, you know, full on trade like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you enjoy it? Did I you? I did. I did. And it's so funny how I started reading it was because you gave it to me and I just picked it up and I read it on one day. I don't read comic books all in one day. I like to stay in the world. And this one certainly captivated me. I can't wait to see it on the CW. I can't wait to see how Ruby Rose like takes on this character. I was looking up the act- actress who's going to play Alice. She looks perfect just in her pictures. I'm like, that's how I would imagine her. I don't know her name. I'd have to look it up. But I was like, yeah. Like they picked her. For- visually, she looks just like Alice. Does yeah. does so is the is it look like the CW show is is following this trade essentially yes okay yes i looked it up i think if you're going to watch the cw show what i've read this is certainly the the volume the trade okay to read oh good okay neat oh that's great i i used to watch a lot of the cw shows um i haven't been able to keep up with them too many podcasts but (laughs) i i loved ruby rose in um uh, john wick 2 um you know what she was she was good in the meg (laughs) in orange is the new black (laughs) yep she's great in orange is the new black i could not think of a better person to personify batwoman now she did appear as batwoman last season in the big uh, arrow flash crossover supergirl event i'm gonna look that up yeah so i think they did i don't think i don't know if they're out on netflix yet um usually the cw arrow shows like the cw verse I think they they hit Netflix a few weeks after their finale airs, so maybe it is there. Mm-hmm. But all those like Arrow, 
um, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, and Batwoman. They all are the, they're all the same like DC Supergirl. These okay. are all those are all DC. I like Supergirl. Yeah. That was a good one. I that's the one I did not watch. Okay. Um I wanted to, but I had too much TV. And honestly at this point, I don't like shows that are full like 23 episode seasons, you know, like I especially know. for an hour. I know. It's too much. I agree. It's too much. I'd rather have a 13 episode season at this point. Mm-hmm. I think the the like what Netflix did with like Jessica Jones and stuff is better cuz there's, there's a lot of times there's too much filler. BS and so those. much. Just get to the point. Get to exactly. the good stuff. I totally agree with you. But Ruby Rose's Batwoman looks great, and her yes. costume looks dead on. Killer. Yeah, and that and that costume design is sick. It's so sick. We posted a picture of it on our Instagram. You guys should definitely check it out. Oh, definitely. it's so good. Definitely check it out. It's it, awesome. And what do you think, pal? What do you think of it? I, I loved it. I I think she's a cool character. I think that. The artwork is fantastic. Greg Rucka is 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 always an entertaining writer. Um, I I think I think it's a great book to read. I think I think Cutter kind of stunk. Um, yeah. It was a little bit fillery. It, it fit into like the theme of detective comics and everything, but. I didn't. I had no connection to the the villain, you know. Mm, yeah, okay, and, I feel you on that. And it just yeah. was like, okay, this is just a thing that happens, type of thing. She saves the day, ta da! Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should probably note that at the very end uh, of it, there's a big reveal of this trade that her cousin Betty is a masked vigilante, and she wants to work with Batwoman. Do we know what superhero she is yet? I read it. I think her name was something like Flamebird, but again, I don't know who that is okay so and i didn't recognize her and i was like okay cool yeah and i'm sure we'll get more in the next trade um yeah, we're not and, and tess and i aren't going to be like next week isn't going to be like book two of this you know what i mean like right. we're we're kind of just going to jump around and have some fun with it maybe we'll swing back around and, yeah. and read some other batwoman stuff if we like it but that's how comic book readers like when if you read comics that's how it is you you jump around you re- like you read next week read star wars next week you know what i mean like we mm-hmm. can we're just going to jump around with stuff um i think we're going to tackle bigger arcs later um, we're gonna figure out how to do that. We might they might be like Patreon uh, exclusives. Like we want to tackle like Preacher, Preacher, but we don't want to do it like in one episode. We want to do it individually by trade, and there's like nine trades, so like that might be a little side adventure. But for now, I want you to just have fun and see where it goes. I mean, we can do Elvira next. I don't care. We can do you know whatever. Like yeah. like you know like something totally different and that's i think right now might be the most fun just do something completely different than batwoman and then do something completely and then you get more of an idea of maybe what you might like and you get a sense of different you know stuff and everything totally yeah if that's you know yeah, that's where we go I'm so down but i think the next one you're picking am right? i <laughs> oh no wait we, we're doing lady mechanica next yes week. we're doing lady mechanica yes. yes that's right so i am reading lady mechanica now um, I did not finish it by today, so I guess I'm going to give that to you by this weekend. That's fine. <laughs> um, yes, we're going to do Lady Mechanica next. That This is my first time reading it. You uh, let me borrow the trade, so mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll tackle that next. And then after that, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. You know? It should be fun. I know. I'm having fun. I learned so much today. I feel like I'm talking way too much. <laughs> no, because I'm asking questions, and we'll get to we'll, – we'll even out, you know, it's – 
don't even worry. I like I'm listening to everything that you're saying. I honestly am just like, you guys don't see me, but I'm like nodding my head and I'm like my mouth is dropping. I'm like, no way. Like <laughs> I didn't I, know these things. I just want this to be our, you know, podcast and I don't want to feel like that I'm kind of like, you know, no. like over, you know, talking too much. No, 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 no. Don't even think that way, honestly. Okay. It's gonna be great. I, I have I have so many years of information in my head that <laughs> you're emptying. <laughs> and I gotta say too, um, I told you this offline before. Growing up reading comics, I all my friends you know read comics, especially my buddy Luke. Um, he was like my main comic book sort of friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird, but like because a lot of times you read comics like one issue at a time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got older that I read trades. You kind of like my comic book discussions with like my friends were always kind of like, hey, would this person beat that person? We we huh. never like talked about the actual sort of issue itself or the story itself because I just sort of as a kid just like, okay, you just sort of take it as it comes and you don't really, you know, analyze it too much. I feel like I've grown up analyzing movies more and I have a better vocabulary to, mm-hmm. to analyze movies. You went movies. to film school. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so this is new and I, I feel like we're gonna. We'll definitely get more streamlined. I'm sure as we as we go along. Yeah. But I didn't even know how to tackle like taking notes on this mm-hmm. or like breaking it down. Mm-hmm. You know, type of thing. I had it, this was all very foreign to me. But at the same time, that's fun. I like that. So this is that's new to me. Like actually, yeah. like breaking down comics and discussing it. I think we did a great job. Like, and I was able to learn along the way too. You stayed on the path, and we got off to answer questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and let us know uh, on social media or via email. Um, you guys can email the show. We are ongoing comic book podcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to our Instagram and just hit email. <laughs> there, yes, there. that's probably the easier way to do it. Um, and as we are recording this, we are not online yet, so we don't have all the URLs to everything. But mm-hmm. you can find us on social media. You'll find us on iTunes. You'll find us on Spotify. Rate and review us, all that kind of good stuff um you'll find us on patreon but i do not have any urls to give you right now because we don't have any (laughs) unfortunately but um so tess where can we find you online um yeah you can find me on instagram at tess yanos that's t-e-s-s-l-l-a-n-o-s and Corey, where can we find you? Corey has many amazing, awesome, cool pop culture podcasts going on right now. Tell us what's happening. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, most active, at Corey Nation. Uh, Podcast-wise, I have a weekly Seinfeld-centric podcast called Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I also have a weekly cult horror no that one's bi-weekly cult horror movie podcast called podcasting after dark and i have a weekly video game podcast called nsfw gamer all of those can be found on your typical itunes spotify podbean etc etc (laughs) (laughs) but this was fun i I really enjoyed it i'm i'm excited to see where it goes yes i said last uh, episode that i'm excited to see where your taste goes Mm -hmm. and i'm excited to see where your tastes take me because i don't want to be closed off i want to tackle every honestly i never would have picked up lady mechanica you Mm -hmm. know and i'm glad i did i'm very much enjoying i'm about halfway through it spoiler alert and uh (laughs) so i'm i'm excited like i said to have you as well 
open up doors for me too. You're, and thank you for emptying your brain, <laughs> your comic book brain. I appreciate it so much. Like I now I will walk into a comic book store with such confidence. <laughs> That's of all you. I want, <laughs> and I hope you guys do too. Yes, yes, and we hope that you guys uh, enjoyed the show, and we hope that you guys will tune in uh, next time for Lady Mechanica. Woohoo! This has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey.